start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. You're listening to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the outdoors. Welcome to episode 64, everybody. And I would like everyone to know that this episode is brought to you by Andy Larson. And this this episode and almost every episode is made possible due to his hard work at Waste Management that allows me to get out just a little bit earlier than him so I can be here to get into your ear holes and you guys can enjoy our podcast. So everyone give a big round of applause for Andy Larson. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, I'm thanking Andy. you. Thank, for, thank you, yeah. thank Andy. Andy. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, where, are we, where, are we, where are we going next here? We, we've, I've been thinking about this since last week. Yeah. Because it, it launched while we were podcasting last week. Yeah, literally mid-podcast. Yeah. So I think it's only fair that we start with this, Frank. Yeah. So we're mobile hunters. We enjoy, you know... Mobile hunting. Exactly. A good mobile hunt. Yeah, and Tethered is a brand that's into the saddle game. Big-time saddle guys. And I dabble in saddles. I wouldn't say I'm a saddle guy by any means. I. Th- but anyway, Tethered... Tell you what, I'm going to try saddle hunting this year just yeah. because of this ad. Yeah. So, Tethered released the Tethered Promotion, one, yeah, I guess. Tethered One Stick. Uh, it's a 16-ounce climbing stick with the attachment uh, method, which is, for whatever reason, people don't count the, the attachment method as part of the weight, but they did, and it's one pound. Hence the name Tethered One Stick. It's a titanium stick, really, really nice. Um, looks nice. I can't say that it is nice because I haven't tried it. But what is nice was their promo for their release. Yeah. I don't, I don't even care about the the, yeah. the stats <laughs> yeah. of the stick. All yeah. I care about is that they got Bruce freaking Buffer. Yeah. To announce. Yeah, I their, mean, like it, it's it time, insane. out of the red corner, you know, fighting from public lands all over the U.S. Yeah, it was absolutely Hilarious. amazing. Yeah. Best promo ad I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I hands down, like nobody compares. I don't think anybody will ever compare, in my no, mind. No, because even if you got Bruce Buffer, it's already been done. Yeah. Like, I think Tethered, Tethered has the best product launch, I think, possible. Yeah. Tough to beat. Yeah. So, awesome for you guys, Tethered. I've used the, the Menace from Tethered, so they are. I mean, it's a good product, but yeah, their promotional stuff is off the charts. Yeah. Definitely off the charts. I got a phenomenal laugh out of it. Like, because, like we said, it launched mid podcast, and at the end of the podcast, Nick was like, "Guys, you gotta watch this." Yeah. And I've I've probably watched it fifteen it's times. Hilarious. In the everybody, last week. I everybody, to, I'm like, yeah. have you seen it? Same yeah. here. Everybody I've talked to, I'm like, "Have you seen this video?" Yeah. And I'm sure that's exactly what they were going for. So yeah, they're it's, they're killing it. Yeah, they they hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you Thank could say you. that. Yeah. It was good stuff. Um, other uh, housekeeping things I want to go over is we're launching our Patreon account. Um, full nudity and everything. Hmm? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, so basically... That's Tom's job. Yeah. It's yeah. no secret that the uh, the podcast costs money. So we launched our Patreon. But what we're going to do with that is we're going to be giving away stuff every quarter. 
Um, so if you're a Patreon member, that's all you got to do. You got to subscribe, help us out, pay for our hosting fees and whatnot. And you're going to be entered to quarterly giveaways for gear. Um, the more we get, the bigger the prizes will get, the more quantity of the prizes will be thrown out there. But to start, uh, the first 20 members that we get joined in um, are going to be entered into a mobile hunting gear giveaway. So first 20, that's it. So you get one in 20 chance for just 17 cents a day. I mean, that's, that's a deal. I mean, name another lottery. As Joe Dirt would say. Yeah, that's a Dang. Deal that's the deal he wants. Uh, so one in 20 chance for 17 cents a day. That it's a no-brainer. I wish. I mean, I could enter, but I won't. You uh, should. So I won't basically, let you. we're going to give the choice to the winner for the mobile setup. We are going to be giving away one of the three items to their choice: um, a Novix Echo Hang On with a set of mini climbing sticks, or a Trophy Line Covert Light with a EDP platform and Novix uh, mini climbing sticks. Or if you're not into the hanging sticks in a lock-on or a saddle, which is okay. Uh, we're also going to be offering a Lone Wolf Portable Stands uh, flip-top climber, which is the ultimate climber for bow hunters. Mm-hmm. The entire system is, I think, sub-20 pounds. It's not bad for a which, climber. It, it's amazing if you think about it, because yeah. even your 14-pound lock-on, which is, is nice, that's your average yeah. lock-on, you still need four climbing sticks to get up to hunting. This is yeah. the entire thing is under 20 pounds Yeah, because you climb with it. Yeah. So basically, if you win, you tell us, hey, I'm, I'm a climber guy. I want that climber. Or, hey, I've been looking to get into saddles. I'd like the saddle set up. And all you got to do is send us your address, and we're just going to drop ship it right to you. Yeah. So, so sign up for the Patreon to get in on that action. Yeah. So uh, you, you said the 17 cents a day. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'm not real good with the math. Is, Five is bucks it, a month. Five dollars a month. Yep. Okay, so yep. sixty dollars a year. Yep, that's it. Yeah. So is it a a monthly thing? Yep. It's a monthly subscription. You sign up, and it's like a subscription like Apple Music, but only fans. Yeah. It, but instead of like shitty Apple Music, you get to support and be a part of like the awesome White Cat Outdoors podcast. A family owned and operated small business. Yeah. Fact. Exactly. You're a part of it, and you won't be helping fund it. And you know um, the whole thing, like through the whole coronavirus, is like support small businesses and here we sit so. 17 cents a day i mean that's literally less than a gumball wow uh, yeah that is less than a gumball yeah and i have at least one gumball a day so if i got rid of those gumballs i would be able to do it so and then some yeah and so there's that's the lowest tier we also threw a 10 bucks a month in um basically same rules but you get entered twice um so even after the first 20 every quarter you'll have your name in the hat twice so you pay it. You yeah. So for thirty four cents a day, which still really isn't much. It's I mean, just slightly more than a gumball. Yeah, a two, less than two gumballs. Less though. than two gumballs. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, thirty four cents a day. Come on. I mean, you can't even get a cup of coffee for that. No, no, you can't. Uh, I don't drink coffee. And but. we jack you up way more than a cup of coffee would. Anyway. Yeah, we do. So I say, sign up, and like I said, first twenty, one in twenty, and you're gonna get a five hundred dollars system just just for signing up. Yeah, just, just for signing five up. Five bucks. And if you don't win that, there's quarterly giveaways. Every yeah. three months, we're going to be doing more giveaways. So, like, why would you not? Yeah, doesn't so, make sense. How about you tell them how to sign up? Uh, there's going to be uh, – we're going to run an ad uh, that sends you right to our Patreon account. But it's Patreon, White Cat Outdoors. Just look it up and on pa- on the Patreon website. Yeah. Look up White Cat Outdoors. It's right there. We'll have a link in our bio on Facebook and Instagram and from here on out in every podcast. 
Uh, Excellent. So it can be super easy. You're not going to have to message us like, hey, how do I do it? But if you do, I'll still tell you. <laughs> Feel free it's to message. It's kind of you. Yeah. So value of $500. It's insane. Yeah. For five bucks. Yeah. A month. A month. 60 bucks a year. Yeah. 17 cents Take a day. Take you. Almost ten years. Yeah, there's like the, like the pets for ASPCA. They want more than seventeen cents a day. Can yeah. you believe that? That's unreal. Yeah, it's only seventeen cents. Huh. Crazy. All right. After that, we have one other thing. Last little housekeep yeah. sweep up. Yeah. One last little thing. Um, I'm sure if you guys have ever listened to the podcast, you know our buddy old Keith Sharp, and today Wednesday is his birthday, so we're gonna surprise him with a phone call, and we're gonna just. See how he's been doing. I know he's been getting outside. He's been hitting the shed woods looking for that white gold. So I'm going to just, we're going to call him out of nowhere and just see. see I asked Nick before the podcast, I was like, did you plan this with him? Like, is he expecting our phone call? And he was like, absolutely not. So this will be. Hey there, brother. How you doing? Oh, good, dude. Good. It's uh, working till nine tonight. Yeah, I should let you know you're live on the podcast right now. Uh yeah, we decided to uh, call you and wish you a happy birthday on the podcast and just see uh, how you've been doing out with the Shedwoods lately. Oh, sounds good, but I hope my boss isn't listening. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that work part out. Yeah, yeah. you're at home. Yeah, um, it's been actually a slow season, truthfully. Um, I've been out quite a bit, and I personally think I should have a lot more than I've got. I've got five so far. But I've really started uh, hitting some good spots now that uh, that the snow just melted up. So I'm hoping up my numbers here a little bit. But uh, really, it's been kind of a slow season because there's a lot more guys out there um, grinding, trying to find sheds, more than I've seen the last few years. But uh, so a lot of my spots I try to go to, you know, the the that are the most popular spots, try to hit them first before any of the other uh, clowns get there. I know it seems like there's shed hunting groups popping up everywhere on Facebook and Instagram. It's it's definitely I've gotten an invite getting, to two different groups for shed. Yeah, hunting. there's one particular group that tries to add me on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. since you're at work, buddy, we won't keep you. But uh, we just wanted to call oh, and wish no, you a no, happy you birthday. You guys are good. You um, guys are good. Yeah, um, I appreciate the call and the uh, and uh, let me talk on your your uh, your podcast here. But no, I appreciate the call and. Um, Hopefully it's a good birthday. You know, I wanted to sneak out a little bit uh, for my lunch break and shut on at work a little bit, but uh, it's, it's probably not going to work. Like that, so. <laughs> but, but all right, guys, well, happy birthday, it. buddy. Yeah, okay, Keith, thanks, happy guys. birthday. All right, we'll yeah, talk to you later. good, guys. Yep. See ya. Bye. Bye. What a good guy. Keith's a great guy. He really yeah. is. He really big is. time deer hunter, big time shed hunter, big time turkey hunter. It's all around. Yeah. All good around guy. good guy. Yeah. So, so uh, I guess that brings us to the meat of the podcast now. Yep, yep, that would be it. Uh, this week we're going to be breaking down uh, the headquarters. You know, we've talked about the headquarters before, um, but we've got some major uh, property management going on this year. Um, yeah. From more food plots to, uh, I think the biggest change would be we're the whole bedding area. Plan. Yeah, bedding is that's going to be the probably yeah, the biggest big change, biggest biggest change. Um, we're going to be doing some trail um, making, I guess. I had a better word for it earlier. Uh, trail trail system. Trail, trail system. system. Yeah. yeah. Sounds professional. Systematic trails through the property. 
through yes you kind of trailed off yeah. there yeah i can you, you're starting you. strong <laughs> yeah now trail you sound system, like an we're, idiot yeah we're doing trail systems and uh bed creation bedding area creation and go. let me tell you we used to have some great bedding on this property there was a beautiful goldenrod field and there was just like one little creek that ran through there and over the years beavers have really taken over and now there's like three ponds have you yeah. ever seen i'm sorry to interrupt you but have you seen the meme it's like michael jordan like in his documentary that he has and he at one point in it he says and i took that personally and like the meme is like beavers see uh water, water flowing, flowing through the woods <laughs> and i took that personally yeah <laughs> that's exactly that's it. what happened here yeah we, so we this... trap them every year we pull a half a dozen beavers out of there and they just the issue Oof. is the swamp goes like six properties down it's huge yeah so we take all the beavers out of our property well the ones from the next property up just move down so it's like a never-ending supply of beavers <laughs> and beavers really good so yeah yeah we get to eat, eat good from it so <laughs> but anyway and, yeah, yeah so we kind of lost that bedding and we really don't have any good solid bedding on mm-hmm. the property anymore yeah just a little bit yeah. I mean, there's a couple hidden goldenrod fields. and It helped this year that uh, the guy didn't take hay off and that the big field had quite a bit of... Yeah, that, well, and that's part of our yeah. long-term plan with the tree planting and stuff that yeah. we'll be talking about. Um, but I think I'll hand it back to Tom to kind of lay out the bedding because, I mean, you kind of started with the beavers and stuff, but lay out our plans for the bedding area and what we're doing and why. Okay, so... This is going to be tough to paint a picture. Basically, do we need to call in Bob Ross from the grave? I thought you were good with shapes. This is a picture. It's a painting. (laughs) We're going to divide the property basically into thirds, okay? Just just one section of the property we're going to divide (laughs) into thirds, not the entire thing. Anyway, there's a section. Just a very tip. We're just going to, to make matters simple, a 10-acre beaver swamp. And then a 10-acre flat of timber, and then another 10-acre beaver swamp. So there's two beaver swamps with a flat of timber in the middle. And it works out really good because the flat in the middle is elevated quite a bit higher than the two beaver swamps. Everything kind of rolls down to the beaver swamp, so it's good, solid, dry ground. There's no big mud puddles or anything it's no cricks run through it at all yeah so. it's perfect so what we're going to do is we're going to take that 10 this acres is mature timber never been logged yeah never been logged but there is a lot of undergrowth yeah um, well i guess from getting out is like it's mature timber through there yeah for the most part but we're, what we're going to do is go through that 10 acres and just make it a mess we're going to hinge cut this whole 10 acre section and we've been doing our homework on, you know, how you want to cut the trees to make them fall a certain been way. Been reading a lot with Jess Sturgis. Um, he's, like, one of the biggest, like, whitetail habitat management guys out there right now. Right. Been doing it for 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, what works out really nice is because this section of the property is kind of, it's like the middle of our property. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if the bedding is in the middle of the property, the deer are going to ha- be moving from the center from to the center out. out and then from out back to the center so they're always going to be working back and forth out of your property and the food plots are on like the one edge of it yeah basically and yeah we're on at, the we're, opposite side of the property line basically we're yeah. keeping the 
our theory is to keep the deer on our property as much as possible. Yeah. You can't obviously keep a deer to a small parcel of land. No, you but can. It just takes a really high fence. Yeah, about 11 <laughs> feet. Uh, but we're not putting a fence up. No, so yeah, we're going to go through and hinge cut. And basically, I don't know if you guys know what hinge cutting is or not. So we're just briefly going to explain it. Basically, what you do is, I mean, we're not doing this to 16-inch diameter trees. You yeah. hinge cut trees that, you know, like... Almost can get your hands around. Yeah, no more than an 8-inch diameter, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you cut about three-quarters of the way through it at shoulder shoulder to chest height. Yeah, Jeff Sturgis puts it, you know, right around, like armpit height and yeah, that's there's just no because need it's a to be safe... holding a chainsaw up at eye level yeah and that's exactly. exactly his theory like you shouldn't have a chainsaw up at that height you have a lot more control from like a little above your waist to your armpit yeah so basically you're going to want to cut about five sixths through this tree <laughs> and then kind of tip it over so the bark on the opposite side is still connected and what that's going to do is create a path for the nutrients to still make it from the root system up to the leaves. And for several years after you do this, the leaves will actually still turn green in the deer. And will you'll eat. get sprouts from the area that it was cut. Yeah. So it, it makes great browse for the deer. At about the, head height for a deer. Yeah. And what it's also going to do is let a bunch of sunlight in to let some undergrowth um, come in. And we're going to, we bought a bunch of like, basically like bushes, berry bushes mm-hmm. um, that we're going to plant throughout there as well. That's going to be a mistake. I'm going to be eating berries the whole time. No, nobody goes into the hinge cut. <laughs> it's like the end of triangle. Yeah. You do when you never come out. Yeah. But yeah, so it's get, basically what we're trying to create is an area where the deer feel safe. Um, there's going to be a lot of undergrowth that's going to grow up as nice bedding, and there's going to be plenty of browse for them. So they really have no reason to leave uh, they got food and shelter mm-hmm. and then we'll right have there. our food plots for high protein um not plenty far of, away yeah, yeah plenty of cricks running through there so they got water stones throw away yeah but the property had when we first started hunting it it really it, it was timber um when mm-hmm. we started hunting it um we brought the food aspect in for me and just the couple years that we've been doing food plots we've gone from seeing yearling nothing but yearling bucks to having we've almost i would easily doubled possibly tripled the size of the deer that we're getting on camera and shooting oh yeah we have multiple nice eight points on camera each year now and we actually had a bachelor group of tens yeah i was gonna say it's probably i would say you know that 115 mark is pretty average now yeah where it used to be a four corn was like okay now yeah. we're in business. Yeah. So yeah, if you I, I got a basket six, you were like, yeah, you're the man. Yeah. Where I would say now it's not uncommon to see 115 inches. Yeah. Um, and we've had several 125s on camera. Maybe yeah. flirting 130. Yeah. Cause, maybe. Yeah. With the tens probably. Yeah. But that was unheard of five oh, years ago. Yeah. For but sure. Our issue was we got them all summer long and then they come, disappear. They disappear. So that's why we're putting in this 10 acre bedding area. Where, so now they're going to have food, water, and bedding all all on this parcel of land. Mm-hmm. Hopefully keep them there. Obviously, you know, they're going to run around and chase doe and go wherever they want in the rut. But if we can make... But if the does are bedding there, 
Yeah. Yeah. And they a mature buck, their average home range is 60 acres. So and I don't know that we're going to get mature bucks up because this is four and a half and older. Um, yeah. It might yeah, be a I mean, few years before that's we... That's what I mean. We're, we're on a even 25-year plan, if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, this isn't like, okay, in three years, we're yeah, going to be killing booners I mean, This is here. a property that's, you know, it's ours. It's not a lease. We can really... Yeah. It's a 25-year plan because even with, you know, the bedding is going to, I would say, in three years, you're going to have... The bedding is going to be premier. Prime, yeah. Yeah. Um, the food sources are we're constantly planning food sources out there for them, and mm-hmm. the the twenty five year aspect of it is the um, the large amount of oak trees we're yeah. introducing to the property and fruit trees, yeah, and pine trees, um, and, pines. and pine trees. So we're setting up some long term goals here to have you know a hundred plus acre parcel that's just absolutely perfect whitetail heaven. Yeah, with a beautiful cabin on it. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of thing like. A, I said a lot of thing. A big thing that a lot of people overlook is they see deer like how we were seeing deer all summer long, and then they disappear, and they're like, oh, shit, well, I guess I'll just have to try to set up in just the right spot. But they don't think to the point of modifying their property. Or Yeah, they don't realize that they're not – it's not that they're you can't find them on your own property. It's that they're not there. Yeah. They went somewhere else. Yeah. So if you do all the things – do the right things, not to say you're going to keep every deer that you see – on your little piece but if you give them more reasons to be in your area then you're going to have more deer hanging around and circling through your area they're still going to filter in and out but yeah you're still going to get those rut bucks that yeah exactly but um, we're providing every opportunity for them to stay there like a 10 acre bedding area is huge and it's covered with a big red brush and cattail swamp on each end yeah So, so in our 10 acre modification there's a 10-acre swamp here and a 10-acre swamp here. So just with playing with 10 acres, you've made 30 acres. 30 acres of, you know, they're not... The, the thing is, they don't bed in that swamp. They used to. They used to. Yeah, but until it was filled with water. Yeah. But um, they still move through it. Yeah, they hide exactly. in it. So if you can control that to where now they have the bedding in between, and you turn 30 acres for them to feel comfortable in... Instead you know, of just 10, and then they have to cross through a shitty spot to get to 10 more... Yeah. You easily create 30 acres with minimal work. Yeah. And, I mean, we're creating, along with this, staging areas close to the bedding up by the food sources. So, um, in the way the property's laid out and the way we're doing this, we're also paying attention to, like, predominant winds. Yeah. So, we can – we're literally making – you know, it, it's almost like a Minecraft game where we're putting it exactly. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, it I is. hate Minecraft. <laughs> but I mean, you think about it. We're you're customizing the property. Yeah, you really with are. Some elbow grease and some gasoline. Um, How much gasoline are we using? Chainsaws. Oh, right, right, right. So what I'm getting at is we're customizing it because we know what the predominant winds are, and putting the bedding where it should be, and mm-hmm. the food plots where they are, so you can hunt them accordingly. And stay out of yeah exactly yeah which moves that. on to our next point on building a ravine <laughs> yeah that would be it uh, we need no. a really big excavator uh, if anyone feels like donating it no the uh, the trail system ah the trail system <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was looking at the canyon uh, no the the trail system is going to be something for uh, ease access ease of access through the property and quiet access like Frank had mentioned. Um, being able to get into these places without disturbing deer. Yeah. So 
we're going to be adding a trail system through the property because right now there's zero trails. Uh, I was just going to say, I have this one stand that I love to hunt, but I've tried approaching it from like every angle and it's just not a good stand to get to. It's a phenomenal spot, but you can't get to it effectively. And just last year while I was up in Alaska, so I didn't help at all. Nick and Thank Bob, you for bringing that out. Yeah, I give credit where credit's due. Uh, you guys put in a trail to that. So even though it's still through the same area, you can do it quietly. Yeah. So you're not... And how did that affect your uh, hunts there? Honestly, I didn't hunt it a ton this year, uh, so, but I was definitely able to get in quieter because before, like almost every time I would walk into that stand, in White the morning tails. anyway, yeah, I would hear deer busting out. And this year, the couple times that I went in there... I'd move in, get up in, and then 10 minutes later, I'd have deer coming in. But if you guys hadn't have made that trail there, I'd be blowing those deer out that were coming in right after I got in. So the whole idea of this is to add a silent uh, travel corridor like for us to go through. like, And the deer will use them. Yeah, Yeah, they'll use it. Yeah, the deer will use them too. But right now, like besides that trail we just put in, you're walking through leaves and stepping on sticks in the middle of the dark – and it's really nice when you have a new guy hunting up there, yeah. trying to tell him how to get to a stand. Right? Yeah, because it's literally like you know, go about four hundred yards past the stop sign down the road, cut in there, and it you'll take a right at the third big pine tree. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, there is no trail system. You just have to no. know. You have to know the property. Yeah, and with two swamps, it can get very difficult to describe. Yeah. You know where stands are. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be a, a huge added benefit for us and the deer. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, like we were talking before we hit record, um, right now, like if you're hunting by the food sources or anything in the morning, you park your truck up at the field, shine your headlights right out into the field, in the, like, you know, an hour before it gets light, it's not really doing yourself any favors. Yeah. So this way with trails, we'll be able to sneak in quietly without lights, get into those stands, um, close to that new bedding area while the deer is still out in the field, they'll never even know you're in there and yeah. then boom, you kill them. Just Done like deal. That. Simple. Yeah. I'm Easy. sure we'll have all of us are killing big deer this year. Just it's gonna happen. Yeah. One twenty is your better. Nothing but <laughs> setting the standard. You uh, heard it here first. So um beyond like the trails, uh Tom, I know you this is more I mean, we'll all be helping, but um you're the one that put the order in for the trees. Right. Um so if you want to break down what trees we we talked about um, in the past, we talked about how we planted like the white oaks and the pines. Um, but why don't you break down the trees that we're introducing this year and kind of our reasoning behind them? So I bought a bundle. I think I bought like 25 chestnut trees. Uh, the reason I bought chestnut trees is because deer can go anywhere to get an acorn. Um, and we put a bunch of oak trees on our property, but not a lot of properties have chestnuts. Mm-hmm. And if you put chestnuts on your property, the deer will find it. Yeah. So my dad's said that for years. He was telling me to put them on my property that I bought a couple of years ago. He's like, where do you find chestnut trees? Like the deer love to eat them and they can't find them anywhere. So if you have them, they're going to come to them. Yeah. So your dad actually told me that and I was like, yeah, I yeah. should get some chestnuts. So you basically have a food plot that you only have to plant once for the next yeah. 150 years. <laughs> yeah. And they start producing nuts like wicked quick. Yeah. So any hooser. We got those going on, and 
you have something to say? I was going to say, so they dropped their nuts pretty early. <laughs> I wasn't going to say. Normally, a feller's balls don't <laughs> drop till he's 65. Uh, I was going to keep it in, but you asked. Tom had to bring it up. I just saw a stupid <laughs> grin on your face. <laughs> Classic interruption from me. But Classic. Anyway, so we got the chestnut trees. And like I said, we got those berry bushes um, to put in the bedding and then throughout the field. Just create a little bit more cover, give the deer some more browse. And then what I'm really amped up about is the fruit trees. What kind of fruit? Apple and pears. Pears and plums. I like pears. And plums, yes. What kind of apple trees? Um, There was some Granny Smith. There's some good apples. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, which works out good because we're north of I-90. Apparently, you can't grow Granny Smith south of I-90. Hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know that. Who told you that? Dad. And then we looked it up on a tree chart. Yeah, well, sure, there's like, like a bunch of different like zones, zones for trees. And when you buy them, there's like one, two, three, four, like the zones. And 90's part of the zone, huh? Hmm. Yeah. But there was, I think you said Granny Smith's um, Honeycrisp. I think so. And maybe Northern Spies. Too. Yeah, I like Northern Spies a lot. Wow, so, you got great apples for eating. Yeah, yeah that's well. Yeah, I figured if I like them, the deer will like them. Exactly. Yeah. And then some. I don't remember what the pears were. Prickly. No, just that's a cactus. Know. That doesn't sound very comfortable to just eat. Your standard pear. But the thing of it is, you got to get two a piece because you get need trees you, are horny. They're what? They're horny. Yeah, you need <laughs> cross pollination. So get the cross mogination in there. <laughs> So, yeah, I got two of each trees, and I totaled up to, I think, just this first set were 12 fruit trees, I believe. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, because we got two like pears. There's yeah, like two pears, six four apples, apple, or four pears, two plums, four pears, the rest apple. Tom's whatever. not math. <laughs> Don't add that up. There's some fruit trees in there. <laughs> um, we also got some bushes. Um, I already talked about the bushes. You just brushed over the berry bushes. Um, uh, I was excited about the mulberry bush, um, mainly because the bears... Because we're buying a monkey and a weasel? No. Uh, Darn. Bears love mulberries. And my great-grandma had a monkey. Uh, I think my mom's cousin had a monkey, too. She sold it, and then the guy said, like, this is a week later... He won't chase my weasel to take it back. No. He <laughs> said, hey, I want to return this thing. And my great grandma said, No, all sales are final. <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, he said, I don't want my money back, but I'm dropping off your monkey. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, man. But anyway, last, we've had bears on camera uh, in the past. <laughs> and last year was the first year we, I saw one uh, like in the flesh while I was hunting. So I was kind of like, We should introduce some food for him. You know, we got blackberries along the like just wild blackberries around the edge of the field, but I read that they really like mulberries. So they like salmon too. Yeah, well, we got the stream, so maybe with a good hatch, we'll have some this year, Tom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so we've got the mulberry bushes for them, some other fruit trees that we're gonna place throughout the bedding, or fruit bushes. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, we're not putting the fruit trees in the bedding. We're actually making a orchard, an apple orchard up by the cabin. That'll be sweet. But it's yeah. funny, though, because we have deer come through the front yard all the time. Like, mm-hmm. every morning, there's deer tracks, like, right out in front of the cabin. Um, 
Tom's one stand, you can actually see the you can't see the cabin, but you can see the top of the field where the cabin is. If there's a fire going, you can yeah see the smoke. But I was out. there the one day, and I had a buck come through behind me in the woods and shot up right in front of the cabin, and then out across the field. Hmm. Um, that's a good spot too, because that's only like a hundred yards from the cabin. I put the stand in. And I thought it was going to be a really good rifle stand because you can see, like, Long 500 way. yards across this giant open field. Turns out it's a great bow stand, too. I don't know yeah, why. They, they all, they're all in bow range, everything you see. Yeah, they, they, they come out 500 yards away. Um, but for some reason, they always work their way right, right to, to where spot. that stand is. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, you got, the, you got a pretty heavy trail just seven yards in the woods. Yeah, and the, I think the big thing is um, it's basically this field's right on the edge of the big hillside. Um, and the stand is only, I don't know, maybe 30 yards from where the hill drops down and it gets super steep. So I think they just run that ridge. It's only, you know, a 30 yard stretch of woods before it gets to the big open field. And I think they just work that. Mm-hmm. 30 yard stretch of woods right along the top of that ravine along the edge of the field nice easy walking for them yeah but yeah it's crazy because you'll see deer pop out like as far as you can see and within 30 minutes you're there right underneath you it's kind of cool mm-hmm. but yeah, I, you and i kicked around jumping around different spots looking where to put that stand and settled on that spot and it ended up being the money spot yeah it's almost like we know what we're doing tom almost yeah it's like we should like just get on air and talk about it. We should sometimes. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Stay record and just you know maybe bring some people to the table while we talk about it. Yeah, yeah while we, we talk do. about the outdoors, yeah. we could do that. We should we'll look into it. Maybe start something up. Yeah. Um, final thing for property management we're doing is the food plots, which people know. Oh, the food plots. Yeah. Uh, food plots are nothing new. People understand those, but um, I think our layout of our food plots and what we're providing in the food plots, I think is not different, but I think it's extremely smart. Um, I think you buy like four year old beans, so they don't grow. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I I guess it it works out well. (laughs) I like to say that the deer just mowed them down before they fully matured. (laughs) Um, that's not what you do. So I guess Tom, you're right. It's a little bit different. Um, from your typical, uh, we actually speaking of, Stopped up to Grandpa's the other day. He's got a antique two-row corn planter for a three-point hitch. Oh, um, man. So, might be doing some corn this year. Actually, he said we're doing corn. Cutting some corn. <laughs> Cutting some corn. Um, he, my Grandpa's really big into restoring old equipment, whether it's boats, tractors, or farm equipment now. Um, he got an old Oliver um, three-point hitch. I think he could, he might have converted it to a three point hitch. Either way, two row corn planter, um, like wheel driven, like it's not mm. off your PTO. Oh really? Yeah, it's it, it's old old. It's really cool. Um, mm. Yeah, it's got two huge wheels that are um, they have like a channel in them. It's driven off those wheels, but that's also what mounds the dirt around the corn being planted. It's really that's really whack. cool, um, and it it literally looks factory like completely. He restored it brought it back to factory paint everything and um, you're gonna take it out into a field and chew it all he up. said we're going to okay but anyway tom break down the differences in our food plot layout well the big thing is we're up in farm country where as far as you can see it's corn and soybean fields which 
it's good to have soybeans. That's a great source of protein. Mm-hmm. It's good to have corn because not only it, does it, it's it's like a, good and good for you. Yeah, uh, you, something to eat, and they like to hang out and it, yeah. they can hide in it. What I was thinking, it's good for the winter because it's like you it's see amazing. those those Snicker bar commercials where like. You're not you when you're hungry? Yeah. It it gives you like that quick burst of energy. It's not like a good long term fix for the deer. Like it gets you going. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. It maze. really is. So it's definitely corn is maize. Corn is maize, everybody. All three of us went for a sip at the same time. We did, that awkward, was wild. Awkward air silence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, good to have corn and soybean around. But I don't know what it is with deer. But if there's something different, that's what they want. Yeah. Um, so you Nick, always want what you can't have. Yeah. Nick did some research and he found this stuff. And I don't even know if I want to talk about it because everyone's going to start doing it and it's not going to be a little secret anymore. <laughs> but we're going to go out there and say it because that's what we want is for you guys to know what we're up to. And there, it's it's a mix of sunflowers. Sun hemp and forage soybeans, and the good thing about these forage for what are you doing? Are you having a stroke? For do we have to call an ambulance? Forage soybeans is <laughs> when when you have your typical soybean egg beans egg beans if you will. When the deer eats the soybean, soybean's gone. Yeah, with these forage beans, and they're only you know a foot or two high. Yeah, no, less taller than, than that. Soybeans? No, ag soybeans, I mean, max They're maybe. Knee high. Two and a half max. Knee a little higher. Yeah, I'd say a little bit higher. Than Tom, me. get in the mic. Less <laughs> than weight, waist, higher than knee. Yeah. It's like two. Depends pounds. on how high your knee is. Yeah. Or if it's below knee. Anyway. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> anyway, so these forage soybeans are more viney. And that's where the sun hemp and sunflowers come into play. So these beans will actually like wrap around these sunflowers and sun hemp. And these beans will get five, six feet tall in the right conditions. Mm -hmm. So there's a never ending supply of beans because when they eat the beans, they just regrow new ones. Yeah, that's the special part about forage soybeans is they they just keep. Like as beans are eaten, it grows a new pod. Mm-hmm. So and they're tall enough to where the deer will actually bed in them. Yeah. So you you get the the benefits of corn with bedding, and yeah. the high protein of beans, and endless plentifulness of it. So yeah. it's I think it's going to be a big sell on the property this year. And I'm excited for I, it. I don't know anybody else that's doing it. Um, what brought you to this conclusion? Just thinking about it? Or no, there, there's a company. Um, that produces. He actually thought mix. of it while taking a shower. It, it was that, <laughs> but um, basically, I learned about forage soybeans by reading articles, mm-hmm. and then about forage soybeans, just about food plots and stuff for deer. And Nothing actually, about forage soybeans. Forage soybeans were mentioned. That's where we're. I've also read about duck potatoes, but that's a different podcast. We're not even talking about <laughs> that today. Uh, can of worms we so do not I started, want to open. I started looking up where I could get these forage soybeans and it led me to a seed company that has them um, and went from there, ordered up enough for, I think like two acres. So they have the mix, like yeah. they sell yep. the mix. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, 
And if they want to give us some money, I'll tell you who they are. Mm-hmm. Or you can, or you can mention, or you can just message me, and I'll tell you. But <laughs> so we're not saying it on you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, that's where that came from. Um, but more on what deer can't get um, in these other ag fields is what um, led Tom to wanting to plant like the winter oats and the brassica and. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just one thing I wanted to touch on before we move on from the forage soybeans is great source of protein. So they're going to be eating them all summer long. Do they taste better than regular soybeans? I haven't tasted them. I don't so know. Because regular you, soybeans are disgusting. No. Were you at Ken and Barb's that night when she made those soybeans? Probably. Like, if you get a soybean off the... Oh, I'll like, eat them all the time. I, oh, dude, God, uh, they're good. They're, they're way better than they're field dry corn. They're dry and oh. bitter. Oh, I don't like them. Do you oh, eat pick... field corn? No. Yeah. I, don't I like, like soybeans either. way more than but field like, corn. But, like, if you have, like, turnips and radishes, like, I, I'll, I I'll pick, eat that shit all night. If I'm hunting turnips, I'm picking one. Oh, me too. <laughs> when we were tracking Tom's one deer, I ate, like, six of them. I, I <laughs> yeah. just kept pulling them out of the That's ground. That's another thing. People don't realize that just because it says not for human consumption, totally safe. Doesn't mean you can't eat it. I love turnips. Raw yeah. turnips straight out of the ground. Nice, yeah. spicy. Pull them out, just wipe the dirt off, and you're good to go. Yeah. Anyway, these soybeans, I don't know what she marinated them in, but she put them in the oven, and then basically you just grab the soybean, put it in your mouth, and suck you the seed. No, you don't eat the whole thing. You don't eat the pod. You yeah, just you, eat just, the pea, you just the suck peas, the, the beans. beans right out of it. Really good. So you're thinking we're going to do that at the cabin? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. That's, I, I didn't know that's where you are going with that, but... No, I don't know how we got on this, but because I asked, because you the, you said one more thing before we go off of the forage yeah, soybeans. Yeah, but it's, then I asked if the forage soybeans taste better oh, than like ag I don't soybeans. Know, I don't know. I've never had forage beans. Okay, but what I do know is all summer long they're a great source of protein, which will promote antler growth um, for Excellent. these deer. Excellent. So that's good. Because um, <laughs> you know we we want you bigger to, bucks. You yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Um, during early season, I think it's going to be a great early season food plot. When they yellow, I don't think they're going to be as hot. But come late season, when it's easy food for them, because you know they're it's five, the snow, six yeah. feet tall, when they're easy access to the deer, I think it's really going to kick on again during gun season and muzzleloader season. So I what, agree. what we try and do is we want to give... <laughs> we can hear that on the mic. Quit tapping the table. <laughs> I'm getting into this. What we try and do is give the deer something to eat year-round. You're like playing a piano up there. Yeah, I don't have the foot pedals, though. <laughs> so we got the forage soybeans. That's going to be our early season, like summer, early season, and late season, like yeah. mm-hmm. December, January. It's closed in New York come January, but... They'll still. We want to feed them. Even yeah, they'll be eating hunting. it. Yeah, help them stay alive through the winter. So, what else we're gonna have is clover and chicory. And that's that's gonna be another. Like, I'd rather eat clover than ag soybeans. I would rather eat chicory than clover. Well, me too. But I'm just saying, I would rather eat clover. Clover is. It doesn't really do much for me. Yeah, but it's better than ag soybeans. My favorite are turnips. Yes, but we're talking about... My favorite, honestly, is going through Grandpa's orchard yeah, and picking apples, apples and yeah, I'm, if, if I'm excited talking, for the apples. Yeah. About five, six years, and we'll be doing that. Anyway. Anyway, so we got clover and chicory, and that's going to be like our 
late to late early season to mid like season, close to the rut. You but like pre rut, yeah, like pre rut. That's why I said close, close to, the rut. to rut. Yeah, that's gonna be like, I don't. I'm I'm just spitballing here. October fifteenth to November. Yeah, but I mean the 1st. deer, the clover is something that they'll they they'll eat. Year round. Yeah, oh yeah, they'll yeah. eat year round. But I'm just trying to like it's gonna be I think that's where you wanna be. Yeah. These He's trying to paint the picture, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep Well it's not where they wanna be, it's where we wanna be. Because that's where they're gonna be. No, I'm saying like the no, listeners. they is the deer. Oh, okay. That's where the deer <laughs> are gonna be. So Got in it. turn that's where we're gonna be. <laughs> if so facto. I'm your boss. I'm... And on top of that we're also going to be doing brassica, radishes, turnips, and that's going to be the late season. That's going to be the rut because I don't know what it is. I actually I do know what it is. <laughs> I, Tell us, Tom. After <laughs> oh, you're an idiot. After the it, it it really gets hot after the first frost because the thing of it is is after the first frost. All those sugars get sucked up right to the leaves, and they become super sweet. So you ever hear about hunting the first frost? Love it. Yeah. I've killed a lot of deer on the first frost. Yeah, if you can hunt a brassica food plot or a turnip food plot on the first frost, it's it should honestly be illegal to hunt those food plots on the yeah. first frost because it's it's like it's a slam dunk. I killed my first archery buck on the first frost of the year one time. Yeah, it's it was a long time ago. It's a magic. It's almost as good as the first snow. Might yeah. be better than the first snow. I don't know. Yeah, it's close. It's a coin flip. Either way, so the deer they'll they'll eat. You know, they'll eat the greens um, during the summer. Um, they'll they'll browse on them, if you will. But, but we want to pump those high protein stuff yeah. like the beans into them while in the in yeah. the growing months. Right, but once that first frost comes, then they're really gonna hammer those greens on the turnips, the radishes. In Nebraska. And the good thing about those food plots is then after it snows and everything's covered, I don't know why the deer, they, ju- they just love digging for turnips. Well, mm-hmm. they have to. They have to. Um, by that it's point. Not that they love it. They have to. Well, yeah. I think they love it. Well, it's, you think it's like typi- baseball. <laughs> typically, uh, yeah, it's America's pastime. Uh, <laughs> typically, your corn and soybeans has been taken off the field by then. Yeah. Um, you know, their uh, acorns are pretty much gone by then. Um dead of winter all of your leaves for browse and stuff are pretty much gone they're eating sticks and bark at this point and they know that you've got those just delicious under that dirt yeah just under the dirt and the snow you've got some delicious little radishes and turnips um and i think they know that that's a really good source of nutrients for them come that late season and that's why they're digging and that's why i like to hunt the that's where i got my buck this year was on a turnip field mm-hmm. so. that works out well yeah, and does. we also have winter oats that we're gonna do, um, and those are really good midsummer. Just kidding, <laughs> really good oats. <laughs> why they're called winter oats? Huh. They're a really good late season, good source of, I don't know what grain. Good source probably, of oats. Probably starches. I don't know. <laughs> good source of grain. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what's what's the the benefit of the winter oats? Um, is it's easy for them to eat. Yeah, um, yeah. Like easily digestible as well, um, but it because it's not under all the snow. Typically, I mean, it depends on how much snow you get, but 
instead of digging and wasting all that energy digging for radishes and ro other root um, yeah. sources, um, the oats are going to be standing at this point. Good source of food that way. So yeah. So and these yeah. are all related to that thirty acres of bedding we're planting. Like everything yeah. is going to be in relation to those. So it's we're going to be adding uh, transition areas in between these food sources and the bedding. So it's, it gives the places four bucks to yeah. set up, you know, they're going to hang out there, you know, 20, 30 minutes before dark watching these food plots before they go out there at dark. And then that's where we can kind of set up our ambush points. Um, yeah. So, so we got, we got good food for them all year round. Like we said, we got the forage soybeans. It's clover, all looking chicory, good on paper. Brassica, turnips, radishes, winter oats. I think stuff. that's everything. Yeah, that should be about. We tried it. this wildlife mix last year. Not that a was huge a bunch fan. Of crap. Yeah, it's kind of just a lot of. Sorghum. I think it was like what was ever in the bottom of each barrel. They just put into a sack and said. I think what they do is they take bird seed and that's they what it jack the like. price up and call it wildlife food plot mix. Yeah, it looks like bird seed. Yeah, and it doesn't grow for shit. Well, yeah. I think the birds eat it. <laughs> birds love it. <laughs> you got upland bird hunters. Check it out. If you're a songbird hunter, <laughs> yeah. this or is the stuff for you. If you got somebody you hate, spread it around in their area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't honest. think it hurt anything. I just, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know if deer eat sorghum. I don't well, know. corn's a sorghum. Yeah, yeah but, but this, it looks but it like. ears of corn on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, it looks like corn, but there's no ears. <laughs> oh, this was dad's food plot, wasn't it, that he put in? Yeah. Well, grandpa. I don't know. He got like six bags of this wildlife mix, and he was just giving it out to everybody. <laughs> I think he. All, I think he knew. He's like, "This is a bunch of crap. You guys take it." So uh, probably won't be planting that again. No, but we live and we learn. Yeah. Yes, we do. We don't plant two-year-old beans. It's another thing we learned. Yeah, it's a learning process. Yeah. So, well, uh, you'll be able to stay updated on how this whole process. Yeah, we're going to talk us. about it again. It, yeah. yeah, we're going to be talking about it, and then also we're going to have some content to follow along with on our Instagram and stuff. And I'd like to actually start getting some more um, videos of the whole process. Yeah, um, I down, would too. There down was, the road. No, yep. Go ahead. So, go ahead. No, no. There's just one thing I was going to say um, <laughs> that when you get a bag of food plot mix um, on the back, there's instructions as far as like when the best time to plant it. Um, how much lime you need, how much fertilizer you need. And when I was just young, um, getting into the food plot plant, I said, oh, horse shit, you don't need that. <laughs> and I would just rototill it and spread the seed, and my food plots would turn out like shit. Surprise. Yeah, believe it or not. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? <laughs> turns out you're not following the directions. Yeah, well, turns out if you actually spend the extra silver, it's, I mean, it gets expensive. It does get expensive. But if you spend the money to do it right and properly fertilize the soil, properly, properly lime the soil, kill all the weeds beforehand, uh, it's it's worth it in the end because my food plots the past several years have been minus the beans. We won't talk about the beans. Um, we we had a lot of issues with weather this year. It just it sucked. <laughs> it was bad for beans. Yeah, not good. But uh, turnips turned out great. Radishes turned out great. Clover, chicory, can't complain. It's all good stuff. Yeah, indeed. So, as we wrap things up here, I just want to remind people to join the Patreon account. For, oh, B before you say get outside, I just want to make sure everyone has it driven into their brain 
that if it weren't for Andy Larson, we wouldn't be here today. Thank true. you, Andy. Yes. So back over to Nick to whatever he has to say that's less important than Andy. It's pretty important. Anyways, so we launched our Patreon account. For 17 cents a day, you can support the White Cat Outdoors Could podcast. Could you just say five bucks a month, please? Or 60 bucks it's a year. It's driving me nuts. When Every time he texted me about it, he said 17 cents. Like, say, say five, five bucks a five month. Five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. That's all it is. And what that does, if you're one of the first 20, which I would try to because it's a 1 in 20 chance at a $500 setup. Yeah. I mean. Of your choice. Of your choice, yeah. So, like, if you're like. Well, I, of three choices. Of three, I mean, it's a mobile <laughs> setup. It's it's no secret that being mobile ups your chances For sure. of killing deer. Um, but not everybody is comfortable with hanging sticks. Not everybody's kem- comfortable in a sex swing. Um, not everybody it's likes climber. It's called climber. a saddle. Saddle. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know. Same thing. Not everybody likes to hunt out of a climber. Um, but so we're going to give you that option. If you're, it's a one in twenty chance. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. One in twenty. There's not a single raffle That's out there. That's better odds than hitting the lottery. It's a lot better. And you still play the lottery. Yeah. yeah. And it costs more to do that. How much does it cost a day, Nick? Like a buck seventy or something like that. Unless you <laughs> start doing power plays and stuff. It gets no, I expensive. I thought he was talking about to join the Patreon. Oh, account. 17 cents a day. Of course. Or 34 if you want to double your chances. Yeah. But anyways. I think you should have reworked that a little bit. What? The There's no deal for... Oh, <laughs> funny you say that tom there is it's like when you go to walmart and they have like bags of chips for two dollars or you could get two for four like- i'm actually really glad you brought this up because <laughs> if if you decide that you want to double your chances you also um you get to join us on the podcast and we're going to do a whole podcast oh. talking about it's already written in there i'm not just making this up it's already in there you can check it now it's it there. is set in stone um join us on the podcast and we're just going to talk about whatever gets you outside um, kind of puts you in like an elite group. It's actually the Booner membership um, there you go. that gets you into that. Five bucks a month is the Pope and Young. Wait, so did the 10 bucks a month, does that guarantee you a podcast or puts you in a drawing to be on the podcast? No, I mean, unless you're like a dirtbag, but if you're going to give us 10 bucks a month, I know you're not a dirtbag. So it's gonna you're going to do a podcast with us if you want. I love that. Because, I mean, I want to hear from the people that are also getting outside. Yeah. And... If you're willing to support us like that. We're all about meeting yeah. new people and especially talking with our listeners. We love yeah. talking with our listeners. Yeah. yeah. Shoot us messages. Leave it in the comments for Tom. He yes. handles all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. So 17, I'm just kidding. Five bucks a month. <laughs> join us up and you're going to get a sweet USA made mobile hunting system of your choice. A chance at one. Yeah, a chance at one. A chance at one. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, but, yeah. Don't want to start guaranteeing <laughs> yeah. shit. But after the a first... A one in 20 chance. Yeah, if one you're one, one of the first 20. 20. Yeah. And if you're not one of the first 20, it's okay. We are going to be doing giveaways every three months. Quarterly, if you will. Yeah. Yes. And, I mean, it could be anywhere from another mobile setup. It could be binoculars. It could be a sweet-ass pack. Maybe a set of camo. All Some white cat apparel. Yeah, white cat apparel could be in there. It's all kind of. It's gonna be good shit though. That's the thing. Like we're not. Yeah. We're not gonna be giving away like a set of broadheads. Yeah. I, no. Like this is gonna be good stuff. You know, like a you know like a T and K hunting gear, like like one of their bino harnesses or something. Like, this is gonna yeah. be like good stuff. 
I mean, broadheads are good stuff. It's like forty yeah, bucks. Unless that can be part of a package. Yeah, we're not just going to say I'm here's saying, a yeah. pack of like broad here heads. you you're going to give us sixty bucks a year. Here's a thirty dollar like the the prizes are always going to be more than what you're giving us. Like we want to give more than you're giving. Yeah, basically give more than you receive. Tom. Yeah, it's the help way this us help you exactly. So join in on that. I mean, if if that didn't sell it, I don't know what yeah. would. So, Bunch of bums out yeah. there. Be one of the first twenty. And get into a chance at a five hundred dollar mobile setup. One in twenty. One in I don't 20. know how many more times we could say. Yeah, I think seventeen we're done. cents a day. I think we're done saying <laughs> yeah. both of those things. Do you know what we're not done saying, Frank? What? Get outside. <laughs>